the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Seven minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock as we get underway on this free-for-all Friday edition of The Authority. It is the 22nd morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, and yeah, it truly is a free-for-all today. We are going to be guest-free unless I get a last-minute confirmation on former Congressman Jim Renacci, who is working very hard with Ohio's Future Foundation. And uh, he may be joining me a little bit later on in the morning. I just don't have that confirmed. So for now, let's assume that the phone lines are wide open and they are yours. That's what Free For All Friday is all about. Kind of like open lines, as some people might call it. And that means any topic you want to get into. It doesn't have to be impeachment related. does not have to be even political. It can be whatever it is that's on your mind today. That's what Free For All Friday is. Anything you want to do, no topic will be censored. Dial me up, 216 Either one of those numbers gets you right here. You may also tweet to me. And Facebook comment to me and parlor comment to me at FR, at uh, France Radio, which is F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. Uh, that's all one word, no spaces, nor underscores. You know, Dr. Sebastian Gorka said something to me on yesterday's program um, toward the end of the show. And uh, I wanted to address it last night, and we didn't get a chance at the uh, War for America Soul Tour, which I'll talk about more in a second. But I want to hit it now, since, since I just gave you my social media contact information. Dr. Gorka said, everybody in America, honestly, that cares about liberty, that cares about defending this president, defending this country, defending the presidency. I want to, I got to stick that in there. I say that all the time whenever I talk to guests who are particularly, you know, like Jim Jordan and others who are fighting very hard, uh, for, you know, the rule of law to be followed and not partisan politics to be followed and i would say this isn't about just defending a president it's about defending a presidency 
um, because the presidency will be forever altered. If they are allowed to do a purely partisan, that means no votes for the opposite party, a purely partisan impeachment, uh, and to try to remove a man from power, which has nothing to do with the Ukraine phone call and has everything to do with a statement of policy um, back on election night. Literally, on election night. And, and again, I don't want to beat the dead horse here and go back and say, actually, before election night, even before he was elected. Uh, but I will remind you that there were texts between Peter Strzok and Lisa Page that, that announced to one another, essentially from Strzok to Page, that don't worry. If he wins somehow, we'll have an insurance plan. And that insurance plan is impeachment, which was announced by the Washington Post the morning of the inauguration. And it was announced by the uh, attorney for the alleged whistleblower, Eric Charamella, Mark Zaid, who uh, tweeted several times, the coup is underway. So they have been trying to impeach this president to stage this coup d'etat for literally the entirety of his presidency, which means that the presidency is under attack more than the president is. If this can be done to somebody, it can be done to somebody else. And then somebody else. That's why the framers struggled and really went back and forth about whether or not they wanted to include an impeachment clause in the law because and in the Constitution because uh, they knew how drastic this was. And so they wanted to make sure in the way it was, it was worded and the way that it was framed, no pun intended, but because um, the president is being framed here, but uh, that it was never going to be and never allowed to be just purely partisan. There had to be agreement on both sides that something was so egregious that it would require the removal of a president, the, the you know, disenfranchising of all the voters who voted for him to take their vote and thus their decision on who they want to lead their country away. And so this is about the presidency, not about the president. I just want to get that out there again. I didn't get a much of a chance to say that last night, but I will say it again now. It's about the presidency. It's in jeopardy. It really, really is. Unless uh, unless this particular president is given a fair shake, no president in the future will be given a fair shake. And that's the path we're on. Now, back to the social media part that I was uh, uh, starting to, to bring up. Dr. Gorka said yesterday, everybody needs to be on social media. Because it's about the only way we can share truth and and kind of um, fight back, I guess, against traditional media, against mainstream media, against legacy media, against the networks, and against the uh, you know the newspapers of record, whether they be the Times or the Post or the Chronicle or or any others, or the Plain Dealer. And, and the others that continue to try to shape public opinion, not based on journalistic news and investigations, and yes, there is an editorial page, but blending them all together, editorializing on the news pages, which means it is no longer journalism. As long as legacy media, mainstream media, is going to continue to attack the President of the United States, and he wonders why, then they wonder why he calls them uh, uh, the enemy of the people. As long as they're going to continue to try to skew public opinion, to try to shape it uh, against the president by giving him unfair coverage and to give all of us, his supporters, in the same way that unfair coverage. As long as they're going to do that, the only way we can fight back is through the toxic evil that is social media. Dr. Gorka brought that up on the program yesterday. I, I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and I know I sound like the world's biggest hypocrite when I say I hate social media. 
and I hate Twitter. Because your natural response and reaction to me would be, really? Then why are you on it? Other people aren't on it. If you hate it so much, why don't you delete your account? And that re- my response to that is, you're right. I am being hypocritical. And I can say with a pretty good degree of certainty, I mean, nobody knows until they're in that. But if I didn't have this radio show, I would delete the Twitter app from my phone and from my, my computer screens. Uh, I find it to be extraordinarily dangerous. I find it to be very, very toxic. I find it to be a place where nothing but, but anger and rage resides and the judgment of others, condemning and criticizing and doxing and, and humiliating and, and, and libeling, all of these different things go on. I think Twitter's a really dangerous place. I really do. But having said all of that, Dr. Gork is right. We have to use it. We have to use that necessary evil to counter what is being done to our country by way of what is being done to our president. If you're going to be blasted with negative Trump news, negative conservative news, that people who believe in traditional marriage are, are homophobes, uh, that we should be accepting of, of people's psychological delusions and, and have to base our businesses and our schools upon that with respect to the trans issues. That women, if you don't believe that women have a right to privacy in places of undress, uh, where, where traditionally in the history of history, for goodness sakes, we have not allowed the two sexes to mix whether they be restrooms or showers or locker rooms or whatever. Uh, you know, all of these things, if you believe you are under attack, and I am under attack, we are under attack from the mainstream media. And the only way we can try to defend ourselves and our president and our country and our liberty and our constitution and our principles is to fight back by way of social media. The truth of the matter is, and again, I know I'm getting off on a bit of a tangent here, but not really, because this is something that Gorka and I talked about yesterday, and we talked about really just in passing last night at the War for America Soul Tour. Um, it's extraordinarily important to, re- to remember and to recognize this, that social media is being used as much for news now as the legacy media that I was talking about. People, rather than having to sit through an entire newscast or read a big long article on the, you know, on the front page or, or in the paper, they want the 140 or 280 character snippets of the news and they go to people on Twitter who are actually not journalists and what they read, they believe. They, they see what's trending and then they look at the, they click the trend and then they look and see what the first few people say, which are almost always liberal because the owner and the proprietor of Twitter, the creator of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, and his uh, Silicon Valley minions are all leftists, just like the editors at the New York Times and at the Cleveland Plain Dealer. They're leftists. And so they skew, they have algorithms that that do indeed uh, skew the search results or the trend results and whatnot to liberal points of view. That's what they want people to see. And the only way we counter... Those kinds of things and the legacy media that I'm talking about is to get on there and share our own news. Tell the other side of the story that people aren't telling. And this is what I really wanted to hit last night with our audience. And again, just ran out of time, unfortunately. 
But Gorka, Dr. Gorka said it yesterday on, on this show, and I want to repeat it on today's show, and I'll keep repeating it. Even if you're not tech savvy, if you have a computer or a smartphone, get on it. Get on. I'll liken it to this. Twitter, in my view, Facebook to a little bit of a lesser extent, but Twitter especially is the devil. And sometimes you got to dance with the devil. That's the way that it is. Sometimes you got to dance with the devil. And you need to get an account and you need to fight back against the fake news and the lies and the distortions and the attacks that all of us, including our president, continue to suffer. That is something that Dr. Gorka felt very strongly about. I concur, and I really wanted to expound upon that when I had more time, which I do now. All right, uh, 216-901-0945, We had a War for America Soul Tour event last night. I want to recap that. And moreover, if you are in that audience, I want to hear from you. What did you think? Absolutely. I think Dr. Sebastian Gorka brought down the house, roaring and cheering from his impassioned defenses of our president. Hugh Hewitt bringing his brilliant analysis. Peter Kersenow with some incredible legal analysis and some personal stories as well. I just thought it was a fantastic night. I would love to hear what you thought. 216 the Bob Branson Authority. Back right after this. Played Mr. DJ. I did say you gotta sometimes you gotta dance with the devil. And what are we jamming to here but uh running with the devil? Yeah, alright. You can run first, then dance later, or dance first, and then run like hell. I don't know. Uh 24 minutes after the hour. Thanks for joining us on AM 1420 The Answer. Uh fantastic event last night in the War for America's Soul. I told you I wanted to give you my opinion on it, but I do want yours as well. And I got a lot of people on hold right now who want to give me their opinion on what they saw last and heard last night. I found it to be a very, very inspiring event, to be quite honest with you. I, I do take a lot of um uh, I internalize a lot of this. When I see the type of energy in a room and I hear people responding and reacting to the very truths that we are talking about, it does. It makes me feel very strong inside. It makes me feel very good about our chances. And now the question is, is does that run out after a night? Was it just in the heat of the moment that I got inspired, that you got inspired? Or do you carry that into your day? Do you carry that into the next several weeks? Moreover, do you carry it into the next 11 months until the or 12 months until the um, election in 2020. That's what I want to hear from you. 216-901-0945. This says Jim Simpson is on my phone line. Jim Simpson, who is the author of the Red Green Axis and the Red Green Axis 2.0, talking about an existential threat to America in the world. He was in our audience last night, and apparently he's back in Baltimore. Jim, are you still in town, or are you in Baltimore now? Well, actually, uh, Bob, I'm on the way home as we speak uh but that was a great event last night and it really uh, you could really feel the energy in the room it's very encouraging and i don't think it's something that just was there for a night i think it's something that you see 
every time the president uh, holds a rally, any time these things come up in a group of people who understand what's going on. And uh, both you and Dr. Gorka were fantastic, and I agree with you 100% that he knocked it out of the park with his last few uh, comments, really roused the audience. Um, but, you know, I want to say something about the whole impeachment issue. Sure. Uh, that I think adds to your narrative. You know, it is not strictly about this president. It is about the presidency. But, you know, it is also about misdirecting people away from the real crimes that the Democrats committed with both their Russian collusion and their Ukrainian collusion. I mean, it, it, they're doing exactly what they are accusing President Trump of doing. And, you know, Fiona Hill dismissed the Ukrainian issue as a uh, 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 non-story, a conspiracy theory. But, you know, the, the facts are there. There were 68, 68 mainstream media uh, journalists who met with Alexandra Chalupa, who was at the time hired by the DNC to do opposition research on President Trump and Paul Manafort, she invited them to the Ukrainian embassy in Washington, D.C., including Michael Isakoff, who later wrote the Yahoo article uh, that was all based on the Steele dossier. So it was just repeating the same garbage over and over again in order to get that FISA uh, uh, warrant. Uh, but they were there in April of 2016 together huddling to figure out how to destroy Trump before he was even elected. And these are facts. I mean, the uh, Politico wrote about this. So for Fiona Hill to say that is beyond comprehension. And now we find out she worked with Christopher Steele. She worked for George Soros. I mean, the person, it, 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 it's amazing once you pull this stuff all together, how fraudulent the entire thing is and it's all i believe a big part of it is to hide and misdirect people away from the real crimes the democrats committed and that is coming because Carr and durham are going after them you know jim everything you just said is so very well received and so important for people to understand and and to take that to the to the next level you did see the announcement that the um, Inspector General's report is going to be released on December 9th, right? Yep, saw that. You did mm -hmm. see that he is then going to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee on December 11th, right? <laughs> I did not see that. He will. He'll be testifying. <laughs> Lindsey Graham has already got this set up. They are ready to go. He's going to testify two days after the report comes out, so everybody can read it for two days, digest it. Then he's going to testify. And what, when do you think, somebody on Twitter, one of my Twitter followers pointed this out, when do you think they are going to introduce and vote on the articles of impeachment? 
Watch it happen on December 9th to suck all of the air out of the release of the Inspector General's report. Uh, on yeah. December 9th, this is exactly what they're going to do, and they're going to pro- uh, going to probably have another big uh, announcement or another big show vote or something on December 11th. They're going to try to make sure that the coverage is of their event rather than what the Inspector General is saying over there in the Senate side. Oh, yeah. No, that, that's absolutely right. They always do that kind of stuff. And, you know, another big story that was missed and even daily costs though reported about it before it happened a uh oregon representative democrat i can't remember his name at the moment but he actually organized a boycott of ambassador sondland's hotels to force sondland to come before the uh, committee and testify. He wasn't going to do it. And then they arm twisted him and his wife pressured him because they were losing a lot of business. And so he was in a certain sense, uh, you know, blackmailed into testifying against Trump. And then when the Republicans questioned him, his whole story fell apart. Right. This is just one of the many, and this is a Democratic, sitting Democratic congressman. He said, after Sondland uh, testified, welcome to the resistance, Ambassador yes. Sondland. Uh, this is the kind of garbage that the actual Democratic it, it is, Party it is, is engaged in. Jim, I've got to go because I'm past our news break here, but I appreciate you calling in, and I really appreciate you attending the event last night. I look forward to talking to you again very soon. Bob, thanks so much. Great talking with you. Thank you, sir. Uh, Jim Simpson, again, you really want to read his book, The Red-Green Axis. We've had him on the program a number of times. We're going to continue to do that. But right now, we're going to hear the news. Nine thirty-seven. As we continue on AM fourteen twenty, the answer. The man knocking at my door right now is a former congressman of Ohio's sixteenth congressional district. Uh, it's kind of funny. A little blast from the past here. We used to talk to Jim Renacci on a regular basis on Fridays at about this time. Uh, he is, of course, now involved in a lot of other things. Uh, now that he's out of public office, in particular Ohio's Future Foundation, and uh, he's got some thoughts, as we all do, on the impeachment charade that is being foisted upon this country in the uh, uh, House. Well, now. Now that it's over, the at least the uh, public hearings are in the House uh, uh, Intelligence Committee. Congressman Renacci, good to have you back, sir. How are you? Uh, good morning, Bob. Great, and I hope you're doing uh, as we get close to these holiday seasons. Do you um, wish? Hey, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. I was going to say, do you wish you were still in the Congress right now that the impeachment hearings are going on? Because I have to imagine that if you've been in public service and you've been in those halls and you've been in those chambers and you've been in those meetings for as long as you were, uh, that now that you have to sit on the outside and watch it going on without being there and without being able to chime in from a position of, you know, in the Congress, it's got to be driving you crazy. It's like fo- fo- retired football players, not that you're retired, don't get me wrong, but a retired football player, they find Sunday so hard to sit in the living room and watch the games that they used to be in, uh, especially when there are big games. Well, this is about as big as it gets. They're trying to impeach our president. Do you wish you were still in the Congress so that you could impact this in some way? 
Well, Bob, it's interesting. I was actually in Washington on Monday and Tuesday on some other issues, but um, the answer is no. I actually, I'm now in, in the private life talking to people, and by the way, congratulations on your event last night. Um, while you were there, I was with uh, some Bowling Green students in Turning Point talking about issues. But if you think about it, the, the American people are getting so frustrated, and as I travel around, I still get people calling me saying, you know, walking up to me and saying, you guys are idiots, you got to get something done. I go, hey, time out, I'm not, I'm not there anymore. <laughs> um, and the interesting thing is, this impeachment is really political theater. Now, would it be great to be there and, and be a witness? And I, and I think sometimes about that, you know, you gear up, whether it's Jim Jordan or others, you know, their staff's with them beforehand. It's kind of like getting ready for a, a big fight. You're getting all this information and they're handing it to you because you're looking for kind of that knockout punch, that knockout comment, because you're on TV, you got five minutes. That adrenaline rush, yeah, I miss that a little bit. But in the end... What I'm really frustrated with is the political theater. And, and what I started to say, and I was actually with the Trump campaign for a little while this uh, this week, we've we got to quit talking about impeachment and start talking about accomplishments. That's the key, because the impeachment is political theater, and and people are getting sick of it. But if we reverse and start talking about accomplishments, this president has hundreds of accomplishments, and I talk about those all the time. This is the direction. He, this is the sad thing. We forget about the accomplishments because the Democrats want us to focus on pol- the political theater of impeachment. And one last thing, Bob, I would tell you, I always remember, if you're explaining yourself in politics, you're losing. So let's get out of the explanation and start talking about the accomplishments. And that's really the goal I'm going to have over the next 10 or 11 months. Congressman Jim Renacy, former Congressman Jim Renacy, joining us uh, this morning on AM 1420, The Answer. I'm told that you have a video coming out that you, and I don't know if it's folks at the OFF, the Ohio Future Foundation, have put together, but you want to really feature and maybe you know get people to share, I would hope, uh, by way of social media, some of the accomplishments that you're talking about. You can't really do it in a short interview. You need a full video and an op-ed. So can you tell me about those? Sure. Well, one of the things I've said, and, and uh, as I bring, I call it the Trump accomplishment list. I hold it up. There's like 430 some accomplishments in the last three and a half years. And the videos, what we're going to start doing, we're going to do podcasts and videos and start pushing out. And again, in 30 seconds, you can't put all those accomplishments out. So we've broken them down in the areas like jobs and American income and American optimism, and American business and tax cuts and deregulation domestic infrastructure, healthcare, and the list goes on and on and on. And we're going to start talking about those. And uh, that's what I talked to the Trump campaign about this week. They want to start talking about accomplishments. They want to start making people, because look, even when I stand in a room and somebody comes up to me and says, I know you're the Trump guy and I know I can't stand that guy. And I go, whoa, 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 time out. What don't you like about him? Well, I don't like what he tweets. And I, I go, well, let's talk about, is your pay, has your pay gone up? Is your 401k better? And you change the subject immediately. And then they go, well, okay, okay, I like that. Okay, well, and if you can get people to start thinking about what this president's been able to accomplish, it makes a whole difference even in those that really dislike him. You know, Congressman, I, uh, I, you're spot on, first of all. Uh, and what I always like to say when people start talking about the president's accomplishments is I like to follow that up with, in the face of and in spite of 
unprecedented obstruction. I really don't know, and, I, and I'm not the oldest man in the world, but I do study a little bit of history, and I cannot ever recall or have studied a president who has faced this kind of obstruction um, in, 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 in the whole of American history. From the media, not only from the opposition party, which is somewhat expected, I suppose, but from the media and from members of his own party, and from holdovers from previous administrations that have formed something of a deep state. I mean, I cannot believe that the list that you're going to show in that video uh, is is as long as it is, because you know, most people facing the uh, the obstruction and the opposition that and the, that this president has been wouldn't be able to get anything done. Well, absolutely, and again, but remember that's the political theater of Washington. That's what I don't miss. That's what the Democrats are now putting up. It's, they realize they're losing the game when it comes to where the country's going. So they're going to throw up this political theater. And all we've got to do is got to quit talking about it. We've just got to quit talking about it. And I realize it's a key, and there'll be a lot of people calling in your show and talking about impeachment and all the hearings. And I watched them yesterday, too, so I get that. But the real key is none of that matters, because even if he's impeached, it's not gonna, uh, nothing's going to happen in the Senate. And the faster we start talking about accomplishments and, and what has he's, this president has accomplished, as you said, in the face of all this obstruction, that's when people are going to say, you know what, let's give him another four years. That's going to be the key, in, in my opinion. And, and I'm testing it. It's, it's funny, at 11 o'clock today, I'm going to be with some anti-Trumper hate people. That I, and, and, Bob, this is some of the stuff I'm still doing. I don't have to do this. I told them I would meet with them. And I, and I always test it. I'm going to see that if I'm going to start talking about accomplishments and try and change their attitude. Um, and I think I can do that. And it's starting to work because people realize they're much better off today than they were three years ago. You have uh, piqued my interest here. Who is this group that you're meeting with? <laughs> well, on Facebook, I had a number of people that were still attacking me and the president. So, Bob, if you know me well enough, you know that when somebody attacks me, I normally respond by saying, Really? Well, it's easy to say that over the Internet. How about saying that to my face? Let's have a meeting. And, uh, and that's what I'm doing. I'm actually meeting with wow. a, a Facebook group that was uh, still, I mean, even though I'm not in Washington anymore, I'm still attacked uh, because people see me as the Trump guy. Yeah, You're the well, Trump you, guy. You, you, you defend you me no matter what. Yeah, you and me both. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I wasn't in elected office, obviously, but the fact that I have a public forum and uh, and a profile here, and I'm a Trump supporter. You're right. We are always under attack. There's no question about that. So I I salute you for getting up and standing up and uh, and and talking to these people, and hopefully you can change some minds or at least bring some civility to their lives, you know, because uh, so many of them are not civil in their critiques. Can, I mean, can you imagine? Did you ever think there would be a time, Congressman? That, you know, we would see this, the Washington Post headline from January 20th, 2017, literally the day of the inauguration. In fact, literally, literally, I didn't realize this until Gorka, uh, Dr. Gorka told us last night, it was 11 minutes after the inauguration ceremony. Uh, the Washington Post started, uh, ran this article, posted, the campaign to impeach President Trump has begun. I, I, I again, I, I cannot fathom that happening to any other president. I can't fathom that it happened to this president. That literally, before he 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 moved his pen on day one to do anything, they said, "Now we're now the campaign to impeachment is is underway." Well, it's interesting, and again, Bob, as being part of the system for eight years, I still remember when uh, when President Obama was elected, and we sometimes forget this. That although we didn't, the Republicans didn't want to impeach him, and that's probably the biggest difference. We still 
you know, remember, uh, remember the president of the Senate, McConnell, said we got to do whatever we can to stop him from getting reelected. I think in the end, that's the political theater that is always in Washington. Now, the Democrats have overstepped their bounds. And the Washington Post brought that out when they said we need to impeach him because nobody was ever talking about impeaching President Obama. But at the same time, this is the theater that American people should be sick of. This is the problem in Washington when people want to just have this theater, when there are so many things that need to be done. You know, Bob, I've just been talking on my circuit, my speeches, that we have 7.6 million job opportunities in this country and about 4.4.4.5 people that are able to take those jobs. There's a problem in our country. We have so much opportunity, but we need, we, we actually need a immigration, a legal immigration system to fill those jobs that we can't fill internally. Think about what our country, how much, and I know the president wants to get this done. These are some of the things the president wants to get done that this impeachment stuff and the trade talks, all of this seems to be stopped because of this political theater. If we would just concentrate on what America needs, this country would continue to grow and prosper. And that's what we got, I guarantee you, after this president's reelected, it's going to be so much easier for him because nobody can stop him for four more years, and we're really going to take off with this country. Do you uh, do you like the idea of a full trial in the Senate uh, uh, if and when they vote uh, the articles of impeachment? President said this morning on Fox News on Fox and Friends he wants a full trial because that comes with something he didn't get in the charade on the House side, which is due process. And he can and they can call everybody, including Hunter Biden, maybe even Joe Biden, uh, uh, Chalupa, uh, and, and so many others that were not allowed to testify in uh, in in this. Uh, sham hearing that we saw on the House side. Do you look forward to that? Well, Bob, look, it's funny because I love when the president says that stuff because I always believe that, too. You, you don't, I was a former firefighter. You don't run from the fire. You run into the fire. But in politics, I wish we would just move past it. Now, the full hearing will just, again, take more time, and it'll be political theater. And, yes, Republicans will get their chance to bring some uh, witnesses to the table. But what we keep forgetting about, and I know the president believes this too, there are so many more things we could get done if we could just get past this. So even though I know he said that and I was watching that this morning, I really wish we could move forward and just get past this. Yeah, we're going to bring witnesses and the, and the other sides, but it's the political theater that's not helping our country move forward. And And I'm always concerned when the Republicans become part of that political theater because they know better, and we need to be able to move this country forward. Last thing, and this is away from uh, President Trump. Well, somewhat, um, because you know the, the policies that he has created, or that he has implemented, rather, have created the conditions for unprecedented job growth. We have just been killing it. We are at a 50-year unemployment rate low. Uh, we have record uh, low unemployment rates for certain demographic groups, including uh, African Americans, Latino Americans, women, people with disabilities. I mean, everybody's working because of the deregulation and the lower taxes and so on and so forth. And um, that's been great nationwide, but here in the state of Ohio, we're not we're we're, we're lagging. Um, I, I, I heard a couple of days ago that in John Kasich, and I was no fan of John Kasich, but in John Kasich's worst year, we we added thirty eight thousand jobs in Ohio, and we are pacing right now to actually maybe even lose jobs in Ohio this year. Um, 
you know, a net net loss, even though the rest of the country is thriving thanks to the president's conditions. Anything you could say on that? Well, Bob, it's actually another thing that I've been talking about because I love this state. I came here 35 years ago, started my first business. This state was the land of opportunity. The problem is opportunities are going elsewhere right now. We're the sixth most left state in the country, and you hit the nail on the head. As job growth continues to just bubble up everywhere else, Ohio, and this was the uh, Ohio Jobs and Family Services just reported last week, we're going to have negative job growth um, in 2019. And it's because of the policies that John Kasich put in place and are still there. We're one of the highest taxing states in the country, one of the highest regulatory states in the country. And, and too often we talk about the 300 jobs we just brought in or the 200 jobs. I mean, politicians always want to talk about the positive, but we're losing massive job, amounts of jobs. When you talk about, you know, what's going on in the GM plant at Lordstown, thousands of jobs that are leaving. And people say, well, those jobs are going to Mexico. No, they're not. They're going to Indiana. Indiana General Motors is spending $27 million in Indiana. I was just with uh, one of the things I do still is I talk to businesses all over the state. I travel and meet with businesses. A business told me yesterday that's an Ohio business that they are losing ground in Ohio, but they're picking up most of their business in Indiana, Tennessee, and Florida. Well, those are the states that are prospering in this Trump economy. And yet Ohio, they're losing business in Ohio where they live. And by the way, or where they grow their, their business is, they told me because they can't keep up with their manufacturing for, for Florida and Tennessee and Indiana, that they need to gr- build a bigger business. But the regulations are so bad here, they can't even build a bigger building that they may just go outside the state. We were in Steubenville last week. I was with Walsh University Businesses in Steubenville are saying we'd rather travel 40 miles, you know, 40 minutes uh, into Pennsylvania and set up a business because of the regulatory climate. So again, I say this all along: policies here in Ohio that, in many cases, Governor Kasich put in place are really hurting Ohio, and people need to know that because yeah. when you're the sixth most left state, it's tough to really make this state grow and prosper. Congressman Jim Renacci, former congressman from uh, the 16th Congressional District, now working with Ohio's Future Foundation, uh, touting the president's accomplishments instead of this ridiculous impeachment. Congressman, it's good to hear from you. Thanks so much. I hope we can chat again soon. Same here. You have a great day and a great weekend. You do the same, and happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. That's Jim Renacci joining us. It's 9.53. More of your calls right after this. All right, 9.57, i got time for a call or two here before the top of the hour. Let's squeeze those in and uh, find out what you thought of the event last night, the War for America's Soul Tour. Mark in Fairview Park, you are on AM 1420. The answer, go ahead, sir. Excuse me, Bob, but uh, that's Field Marshal Mark. Oh, sorry, sorry. Apologies. Yes, Field, Mar- <laughs> Field, Field Marshal Mark. Yes, sir, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to offend anyone. Thank you, thank you. Uh, first of all, I just wanted to say that it was uh, good to hear from Donnie yesterday. Uh, my thoughts and prayers go out to him concerning uh, whatever uh, health issues he's presently dealing with. Uh, secondly, yesterday I was listening to Dr. Gorka. I, I'm sorry, couldn't go to the event. I would have loved to, but I was listening to him on the radio and uh, told everybody to sit down, relax, grab a pad and pencil if you want to take notes. But uh he went over, Dr. Gorka went over very meticulously the timeline of events dealing with the uh, Bidens 
and uh, ex ex Secretary of State uh, Kerry's stepson involving the dealings and uh, machinations between them, uh, the State Department, the White House, and the Ukrainian oil deal. And I'll tell you, I, I was frozen to that radio as I absorbed this information. Now, naturally, I, you know, I can't replicate or anything uh, what Dr. Gorka's entire report was on this subject, but if it's at all possible for you to repeat in detail on your show some of Doc, Dr. Gorka's report, I'm telling you, your audience will be, they're going to be spellbound like I was. It was a real, real eye-opener. He gave us a thumbnail sketch of that last night, too, maybe a little bit more um, uh, than you were just able to do. But you're right. He he talked about that, and, and I probably can't replicate it any better than you can, to be quite honest with you. It's in a lot of depth, and he did a great job of that. Maybe I'll have him back on my show like I had him on yesterday to kind of uh, tell this audience about that, too. But you're right. Uh, the stepson of, uh, of, of John Kerry was on the same board of the same corrupt company that uh, – Hunter Biden was on. It's not just a coincidence. There is so, there are so many levels and layers to the corruption in uh, Ukraine involving the United States, involving the United States in some ways, and that's why we had an agreement uh, that was signed long before Donald Trump took office, by the way, to uh, jointly investigate and to try to root out and stop that corruption, which is all the president was trying to do before he agreed to release $400 million uh, of uh, American taxpayer money to Ukraine. Which, by the way, he went ahead and released anyway, which is the important point about this when we say there was no quid pro quo. But yes, the uh, the connections are deep. The Kerry stepson you're talking about, there are others, other prominent Americans, relatives of demon rat uh, politicians that have been involved in that company as well. And yes, uh, Dr. Gorga does a great job of explaining it, something I don't have time to do right now. But I'm glad you brought it up, and I appreciate your phone call. We'll get news now, and on the other side of the news, guest-free the rest of the way, as I mentioned. It is truly a free for all friday anything you want to talk about uh is fair game but i will give preference uh in terms of order phone calls to those who want to analyze what happened last night at the war for america soul tour and of course always the first time callers as three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 